Welcome to the Colon Cancer Podcast, stories of struggle, hope, and survival in the face of colorectal cancer. I'm Lee Silverstein. Welcome to episode 14 of the Colon Cancer Podcast. Before I get to this week's interview, just a few announcements, information I wanted to share with you. First is on Saturday, June the 6th, up in the great state of Washington, is the next stop for the Colon Cancer Alliance's Undy 5K Run and One Mile Walk. If you are in the vicinity of Tacoma, Washington, I encourage you to go online under the Colon Cancer Alliance's website at ccalliance.org and register for this wonderful event. You'll have the opportunity to meet some great people, have a tremendous time, and of course, raise money for a, for a great cause. Also, I wanted to thank everybody for the just wonderful, inspiring, and heartfelt comments that you've shared with me as it relates to this podcast. The notes and messages that I've received about uh, the impact that the interviews with these tremendous guests that I've had the honor and pleasure of interviewing has really tugged at my heartstrings and just inspired me to continue on and find more people and more guests to talk to so that we can share these inspiring stories. So thank you for that. If you've not already gone on iTunes and left us a review, we'd really appreciate it if you did that. The more reviews that we receive on iTunes, the more exposure that the podcast will receive. So just go into iTunes and search for the Colon Cancer Podcast. Click on the tab that says Reviews, and we welcome your comments. This week's guest is Daniel Shockley. Daniel's a veteran of the United States Navy, and he was diagnosed at the age of 50 with AFAP, attenuated familial adenomatous polyposis. His story is not just of survivorship, but of the power of positivity. Daniel's story of how he turned a tremendous challenge into an opportunity to make a difference in the lives of so many is truly inspiring. Join me now for my conversation with Daniel Shockley. Dan, welcome to the show. How are you this evening? I'm doing very well, Lee. Thank you for the opportunity. Well, it's my pleasure, and I I'm, I'm appreciate you making the time to speak with us today. Uh, you have a really interesting story to share, and I appreciate you taking, agreeing to share it with the audience. Uh, before we get into the nitty gritty, so to speak, I don't get take me, give me your, your background. I know you uh, are a retired naval uh, officer. I'm not sure, uh, airman. No, I'm interested. In the communications okay. was my specialty. Okay, so just kind of give us a little bit of your background, uh, pre-diagnosis, if you will. Okay. Well, I joined the uh, Navy in uh, 1981, and then that uh, allowed me the opportunity to serve on seven different uh, surface ships and three shore communication stations. And I retired in 2003. I had served my last two full years in direct support of Operation Enduring Freedom and Operation Iraqi Freedom while I was assigned to uh, a communication station in Bahrain in the Middle East. And I out-processed in uh, 2003 and registered with the uh, Veterans Administration here in Hawaii for uh, service-connected um, 
ailments. And as a result, I have annual checkups with the Veterans Administration here in Hawaii. And they'd always had told me, when I turned 50, I need to get a colonoscopy. So I, I said, sure, absolutely, no problem. And so um, in 2011, I had a checkup and we scheduled my uh, colonoscopy. And that was a few months later. And going into the colonoscopy, um, I didn't have any health concerns and all the lab work was all within normal range. And I had an unexpected 14-pound weight loss from the previous 12 months. So they, the decision was to have an upper GI as well as a colonoscopy just to make sure that there isn't any underlying uh, issues going on there. So May 8th of 2012, I underwent an EGD and a, a colonoscopy all in the same uh, appointment. And they had located 100 polyps throughout my colon, rectum, and anus. And I was immediately referred to the certified genetic counselor at Tripler Army Medical Center for further evaluation and to include DNA testing. So I went and had the DNA test conducted. And let me back up just a little bit because the the colonoscopy and the EGD were conducted on May 8th, and I had a follow-up with Dr. Fernando Ono, my GI doctor at the VA Medical Center, on that Friday, the following Friday. And the referral for the genetic counsel was made, and, I, and the VA Medical Center is right on the same campus as Tripler. However, I'm not that familiar with Tripler. It's a huge facility. So on that Friday, I wanted to go over and find out where the clinic was, uh, general surgery clinic, where the um, genetic counselor uh, works out of. And my appointment was going to be the following Tuesday. So I went in, found the, um, I, I found the waiting room. And as soon as I walked in, in the military, you know, we have pictures of the chain of command on the wall there. And um, the very first picture come to find out was a very good friend of mine who I didn't know who, what his title was. Well, he's the chief of surgery. Um, at nights and weekends, let me back up just a little bit. Since 2004, I'm employed at, at a local, locally owned and operated hardware store here in Hawaii called City Mill. It's uh, been, a, it was established in 1899, third generation um, brother and sister run it and I'm employed there and so I have a lot of customers that I've known over the years so when I saw who the chief of surgery was and found and realized it was my friend I just the the uh, calm that overcame me was just surreal and I walked out of there and I went back um, you know, um, going about my daily activities. And then over the weekend, I had run into Ian at the store. And he's the chief of surgery. And I said, Ian, for all these years, you've been one of my loyal customers. Now let me let, let you know who I am to you. And he goes, what do you mean? And I said, oh, I'm going to be um, 
coming over to see um, the genetic counselor on Tuesday. And he goes, well, what's going on? So I shared with him about my the tests. And he says, okay, everything's going to be okay. I'm going to go in tomorrow around and I'm going to nose around a little bit. You're, you're in good hands. So when I went out on Tuesday, Susan counselor met me, took me back to the exam room. And she said, Daniel, one of my, um, Ian came up to me and said, one of my buddies from city mail is going to be coming in, uh, take care of him." So I just, I started smiling and went into the exam room and she explained that, um, we think you may have um, FAP. However, there's a more of a chance that you may have the attenuated version of it, which is even more rare. And we're going to need to do DNA tests. So I said, sure, okay. So um, they conducted the test, and then they sat down with me with another surgeon and, and explained to me uh, about the possible condition I have, um, possible surgery, and then life after. For so, if I can interrupt, uh, just a couple of things. So, did you know that Ian was even in the medical field or uh, involved in the military? I kind of suspected he was. However, I didn't know in what capacity, and I definitely didn't know that. Um, you know, because we he knows I'm retired. We we had talked over the previous years, just a little you know small talk, and and. Um, yeah, so it was just absolutely amazing. And uh, come to find out, his his wife is a doctor, and she is the uh, leading pathologist at Tripler. So, uh, no pun intended, they know me inside and out. <laughs> Don't they? Don't they? Wow, that's quite a story. And, uh, yeah, well, it even gets better because, you know, after we had the DNA test conducted, and it had a, the samples had to be sent to a molecular oncology lab in Pasadena, California. And three weeks later... I was called in and to meet with uh, Dr. Um, Ronald Gagliano, the CRC uh, surgeon for this theater in the Army. And um, Susan, we all sat down and discussed that the results came in and uh, confirming that I had um, APC, the gene mutation, which confirms the diagnosis of uh, AFAP. Now, I, I interviewed uh, Dr. Travis Bray uh, several weeks back, you know, the founder of the Hereditary Colon Cancer Foundation, and he has FAP. What is the yes. difference between the two, do you know? Yeah, the difference uh, in, in layman terms is the attenuated version of FAP is a later onset in life. So my diagnosis was pretty much right on track with um, – with the, with um, the um, the findings of AFAP, individuals who would have AFAP. So, um, and by the way, AFAP was discovered by Dr. Henry T. Lynch, and he's one of the founding fathers of genetic uh, research, and he happens to be a colleague of my genetic counselor, Tripler, and I had the opportunity to meet him in February of 2013. Um, we actually... Um, I attended his academic lecture on an update on Lynch syndrome, which is named after Dr. Lynch. And then uh, we sat down and had a lunch and we talked about my case along with a couple others for an hour and 50 minutes with my genetic counselor and a couple other medical professionals from Tripler. So, um, and I keep him updated. Uh, we email each other about every six weeks. I keep him updated on my 
um, status. I'm an advocate and as well as uh, going through annual cancer surveillance. So um, I keep him appraised of uh, my happenings. You're certainly in good hands, it sounds like. My goodness. I'm in the best of hands, yes. So tell me, Daniel, uh, you got this diagnosis. What was your immediate reaction? My immediate reaction, my mindset was, I tend not to think about things I'm unable to control. Medical issues I'm unable to control. What I can control is my positive attitude. And after five decades on God's green earth, my positive attitude has got me this far. Why change now? So no no self-pity, no woe is me. That certainly wasn't in the cards for you, was it? Not at all. I took, I embraced this from the, from the beginning and, um, I knew I expected the worst case scenario from the beginning. And, um, with the surgery, I had my uh, colon, rectum and anus, uh, removed. So I have, um, an ileostomy, which is, um, a, a stoma where my waist is collected into a prosthetic device. And that's a permanent for the rest of my life. And that's based on AFAP, there's no cure for it. And it was, uh, and then there was a large mass in my ascending colon, and it was causing an 80% blockage. And that was reported in my first colonoscopy. And I had no indications there were any problems. And the pathology report um, listed that large mass as a tumor, eight centimeters, and it was high grade dysplasia. And Ian and Judy told me it was a time bomb. It was going to turn into cancer any time. And how, how blessed I am to be here right now to share this story and, and be a source of inspiration and encouragement for others on the importance of colonoscopies and early detection. Certainly. Yeah, I, while, while not diagnosed with anything hereditary, I too had my quote-unquote routine colonoscopy at 50 and was found to have colon cancer. And when I get the chance to share my story, I know you'll you'll echo the sentiment. I say that that routine colonoscopy, that prescription for that procedure was a gift for my 50th birthday and was a gift that saved my life. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. So I'm sure you feel the same way. Yes, yes, I cer- certainly do. I've I don't have any reservations whatsoever on um, on having that procedure and then my life after the surgery. So your life gets changed dramatically from all of this. How do you how do you maintain that positive attitude? How do you stay up and positive and uh, the way you, the way that you do? It's an inner drive that I have. I've had a lot of very close friends share with me that when I'm in, when I'm talking about discussing my condition, that I'm in my element. And I absolutely positively believe that. And I enjoy that. And I just want to give back. This is my, what I'm doing, my advocacy efforts and my ambassador, uh, you know, as uh, sharing the importance of colonoscopies and early detection is my version of the movie Pay It Forward. And, um, you know, I have a a lot of uh, organizations follow me globally as long as as well as individuals and i just want to give back i just want to share you know the importance of um the colonoscopy and the early detection and you know in the in the hopes that it encourages and inspires others and 
you know, if they have friends and family and colleagues that, um, you know, may benefit from it, um, they're more than welcome to, uh, to, you know, share my, my story. Tell me about your advocacy work. What all are you involved in? Well, it first started with the Fight Colorectal Cancer and Colon Cancer Alliance. Those are the first two organizations I reached out to uh, after my surgery and uh, linked up with them. And then I was asked in 2014 to represent Hawaii on their behalf to request the governor of Hawaii and the Honolulu mayor to issue proclamations for March being National Colorectal Cancer Awareness Month. So I was able to get that, um, to get, get proclamations last year. Then this past March, uh, the campaign, we were able to secure ceremonies at the uh, mayor's office and the governor's office, respectively. And this is the first of the of a kind of proclamations in Hawaii and the first, of course, uh, ceremonies for proclamations. So we've definitely um, um, put Hawaii on the map as far as uh, recognition. And I'm also uh, involved with the United Ostomy Associations of America and requested the mayor of Honolulu and the governor of Hawaii uh, last October 4th for National Ostomy Awareness Day to have proclamations issued. So they issued them. And I've just recently requested the mayor and the governor of Hawaii to uh, issue proclamations for the upcoming National Ostomy Awareness Day being um, October 3rd of this year. And I'm involved with the American Cancer Society, a Relay for Life um, at City Mill. The, I'm a co-team captain for our team for Magic Island, a Relay for Life. Um, I happened to be a guest speaker last uh, July at the Magic Island Relay for Life. What an honor that was, as well as being a team captain. And this year, I'm on the event leadership team for the Relay for Life Magic Island, as well as a co-team captain for City Mill. And I'm also involved with the American Cancer Society Cancer Action Network and was recently um, selected as the deputy ambassador constituent team member, um, which is a very um, uh, unique opportunity. And it's an honor and privilege to be part of that team. And we're on the uh, government relations side. And I was able to attend uh, a day at the Capitol here in Honolulu on March 19th to um, share the importance of uh, colorectal cancer awareness. You're a busy guy. Well, I, I like to be busy. I like the uh, the advocacy and the ambassador um, efforts that I'm involved with. And uh, that keeps me going. I mean, I enjoy, I have two full-time jobs. I have a day, my day job and then my evening job and the weekends. And uh, I'm able to balance everything out. And this is a passion that I have. You know, I don't look at my job as work. You know, my philosophy is a job doesn't become work till you wish you were doing something else. And I don't wish I was doing anything else. Um, I'm blessed to be where I'm at. I'm very fortunate. And I just want to, you know, do as much um, reaching out as I can to, to share my story. And um, it, it keeps me going. It really does. I, I send out positive vibes. And I get positive vibes back, and that just drives me more to um, 
just press on with, you know, um, with whatever um, efforts I can um, help out with. That's fantastic. So of all of the work that you've been doing, Daniel, is there any one thing that you could call your proudest moment? It started out with when the uh, 5CRC and the CCA requested that I represent Hawaii on their behalf. That started this whole train rolling and uh, for having the um, proclamation issued for March of uh, 2014 here in Hawaii for national um, CRC awareness. That was, that started, um, that was, I had to pinch myself on that one. That was just what an honor that was. And because we've never had that here in Hawaii. We've never had it. Now, this is two years in a row we've had, uh, we've had recognition. And um, I'm looking for a, a big uh, event next year. We'll see how that pans out. I, I have a lot of things on the plate. But yeah, the Fight CRC and the CCA organizations, that was, um, that, that started this, um, you know, interest that I had. And they're just so um, supportive and um, and I really appreciate everything, especially uh, Nancy Butterfield and Jeannie Moore. If I can give a shout out to the two of them, they've been tracking me. Two of my favorite people. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. So I'd love to beat them sometime. <laughs> so uh, let me ask you another question, Daniel. What is the biggest misconception about life with a permanent colostomy? Well, I have an ileostomy. Ileostomy, uh, excuse me. I'm sorry. No, no that's okay. Um, I really, honestly, I really don't know. I really don't know. I, um, I don't know that many people with them. I hear different stories. Um, maybe it's because of the uh, the diagnosis. Maybe that has something to do with it. But um, you know, I'm, you know, I look at it this way: in life, we have two choices: we can react or we can respond. And I was afforded the opportunity to be able to respond. So. I knew what was going to happen with me and I planned on the worst and hoped for the best. And, and of course I had the best. So maybe it's, um, the, the, uh, the individual who had the surgery, maybe it wasn't, um, a planned, maybe it was because of an accident. Um, you know, something that they had to have emergency surgery and, you know, that would be, uh, um, a reaction to me. Um, you know, they get into re reaction mode because of the condition they're now they have. But that's just that's the way I see it anyway. I, I just that's the way I can explain that is the difference between reacting and responding. That's a nice quote. I like that. The last question I want to ask Daniel is, I someone listening to our conversation, they themselves, someone they care about, may have recently received a diagnosis similar to yours or perhaps uh, a step worse where they truly were diagnosed with colon cancer, what message of inspiration would you share with that person? I would share that uh, one of my quotes is uh, the word adapt. And that's attitude determines the ability for a positive transition. And I'm a firm believer that attitude is 100%. And let me share with you the word attitude, if you break that down in the English vocabulary, you have letters A through Z. 
And if you associate number one with letter A and number 26 with letter Z, and you take the word attitude and you add up all the letters, it equals 100. So therefore, in my mind, attitude is 100%. Now, this isn't my material. I came across this a couple of years ago, and I felt it was fitting to use it in my presentation. And by the way, the word attitude in the English dictionary, it's the only word that equals 100. I've cross-checked this, and I've asked anybody else to cross-check it. I can't find another word that equals 100 other than attitude. So therefore, in my mind, attitude is 100%. And the other thing I'd like to share is uh, faith and just faith in general. I mean, we can see the, the palm trees blowing in the breeze. You can't see the breeze, but you can see the effect of it. So in other words, faith is you're believing in something that you can't see. To me, the, the, the word faith, I break it down as full assurance influenced through hope. Okay, so faith is you're having hope in something. You can't see it, but you just know you just have, you uh, you keep the faith. The other word, of course, is adapt. I already talked about that. That's the attitude determines the ability for a positive transition. And I was able to respond to my diagnosis and then um, forge ahead with my new lifestyle as an ostomate. And the last word I like to use is the word passion. And then passion meaning that I have... Uh, a desire of, to be an advocate, be an ambassador for the importance of uh, colorectal cancer uh, screening and early detection. So if you take the word attitude, faith, adapt, and passion, and you look at the first letters of all four of those words, that's the acronym for AFAP. That's awesome. And that's my story, and I'm sticking with it. <laughs> Well, Daniel, I appreciate you taking the time. You truly, you've inspired me. Uh, I, I thought I was doing a lot and I realized uh, I'm doing a part-time job compared to you. My goodness. So uh, for everybody out there, thank you for all that you do for to raise awareness and uh, for the impact that you're making on the community in Hawaii. Uh, I, I, I just truly admire all the work that you're doing. I wish you continued success with that and even more importantly, continued good health. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lee. It's my uh, pleasure and appreciate the opportunity. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Colon Cancer Podcast. Notes from this episode can be found on our website at thecoloncancerpodcast.com. You can subscribe to the podcast on our website, on iTunes, or on the Stitcher app for listeners using an Android device. If you or a loved one has a question about colon cancer, please visit the Colon Cancer Alliance website at www.ccalliance.org. Again, that's www.ccalliance.org. You can also email your questions to us at info at Thanks again for listening. Be well, everyone.